Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Hello, herds of nerds. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we are at the uh, NHC 2012 in uh, Bellevue, Washington, having a great old time. Uh, seeing all sorts of uh, old friends. I hung up with the Hudacheks the other day. You weren't yeah. there, John. I was well, disappointed I... in you. Missing that. <laughs> Well, when I got here, I ran into the uh, lovely Mr. John Blickman and his crew. Oh. He is uh, lovely. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the, you know, as soon as they got here, they are like, hey, come out to dinner with us. And uh, so we all went over. They uh, treated me to a wonderful dinner and uh, had a good time. Thank you very much, John. Oh, you're welcome. And, you were kind of uh, wandering the halls looking... <laughs> Looking Awful lost. lonely and lost. Was you? that thing where the, the, you lay Jamil out naked and put sushi on him? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I, 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 I fully not anticipating that. <laughs> For a minute there, I was sorry I missed the dinner. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got to meet more of his crew. He's, you know, that business is, is doing gangbusters and he's expanding and, you know, trying to keep up with the, uh, the rampant demand. And what I was really impressed about. Uh, everybody that works for Blickman Engineering is, you know, it's, it's a bunch of really nice guys to start with, and um, you know, they're all they all seem very creative and exceedingly smart. I think yeah. uh, I think uh, I think John hires based on he, he hires like the most brilliant people he can find. You know, it's, uh, it covers up for my lack of brilliance. Right. <laughs> so just to hire some really clever, really smart people. I need to talk well, to John about hiring techniques. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't you don't you hire smart people as well, Jamil? Uh, no, no, no. Um, you know, I thought about doing it, but I figured you know it would expose uh, expose me for uh, the lack of intelligence that I have. Oh, right. And so uh, I I hire based on uh, beard length. Okay. So, uh, yeah. You know, that's why we hired Beardy. Uh, well, and I, I got to say, you know, I think it's actually a pretty a pretty clever way of going about it because look at look at this look at. Uh, John Meyer at Rogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Mitch, facial hair. Yeah. Matt Brennelson, facial hair. Facial yeah. hair. All right. The only outlier, the only real exception to that. Yeah. Vinny. Ah, now, clean cut Italian boy. Now, I, I just think he's just so absolutely freaking brilliant. He doesn't have to have He the doesn't beard. have to have the facial hair. There is an exception to every rule. Right. And Vinny's right. that exception. Right. And I also think that Jamel and I's egos are far too large to hire <laughs> smart, smart people. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Jim. Hire the, uh, <laughs> the challenged and infirm. Makes us uh, look good. Looks me- yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's well, all that JP, really you're not paid, though, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's paid one. <laughs> one. <laughs> facial hair. One. He's got facial the facial hair, hair though. Yep. That must make him a, a better brewer. 
All right. Well, and uh, one of the things that would make you a better brewer, I think, uh, go to uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Check it out. Yeah. Our great sponsor, uh, Blickman Engineering. They uh, make some of the great creative ways, uh, genius ways of making your brew day easier and better. Uh, they drink and like, more like than you JP think. JP likes to say, innovating your homebrew. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great yeah. slogan, actually. I think you ought to be using it. That is good. You might have to pay JP for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, no, uh, you go check it out. There are all sorts of new stuff. And, and thinking about that... Um, uh, John uh, Palmer and I, uh, we wanted to talk about some of the new stuff you're going to see here at the conference. And one of the things Blickman Engineering is always doing is bringing out this new great gear for the NHC. And this year, John, you've got the Tower of Power over there. Yes, and, we're uh, in full production. In full production now. I mean, it was it was just kind of a, 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 a moist spot in your eye back in the day. <laughs> and it's, it is, I mean, it looks really sharp. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, you know, do they use these things at NASA? I mean, it, it looks top, you know, just like it belongs on BBC Top Gear. There's and, probably uh, more computing power in that than than put the man on the moon for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't even. I don't even know what it is. I know that it looks amazing. Yeah, it it has us. a perfect name, but I don't know what it is. Tell us the functionality, What? how it is going to help um, the home brewer. That make better beer. beer. Yes. Or make their brew day better. Or Well, the first know. thing with a product is you got to have a cool name or you can't come out with a product. Right. <laughs> so we, we have the Tower of Power. Um, Did the name come when you were watching like some porn movies or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, I'm going to name my next product after that move. <laughs> yeah, that looks good. <laughs> it, was, it was in between Money Shot and Tower of Power. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, no, so it's a great for name. something a little more subtle. It's a great name. Yeah. All right. Uh, w- one thing I... Uh, uh, when I first started the the project, I'd actually done one uh, an electric system for uh, just my own personal gadgetry uh, mm-hmm. fiddling. But I noticed that there just wasn't one that uh, did a gas that uh, was a gas fired unit that would adapt to anybody's system. And we we really try to make things that are modular that work for other people's systems because we know that most brewers when they're starting off of it's it's not just a gee I think I'd like to brew beer I'm going to go out and spend five grand on equipment it's it's a journey that you you take and and you're developing these equipment so we try to develop products that uh, will adapt to a lot of your existing equipment so the other thing that we wanted was something that would uh, just had really high accuracy so we went with a a really uh, uh, high accuracy meter and a uh, Class A RTDs that are very stable, mm-hmm. um, the highest available before you get into a laboratory grade. So, you know, we've really got accuracy that you can use to calibrate your other instruments with uh, in your brewery. Well, I've noticed if you buy, like, a Johnson controller or a Ranco or something like that and you use them, you'll find quite a variation between the same product, you know. One will fluctuate two degrees when you set it for one degree yeah. one will fluctuate you know half a degree you know they're they're consi- there's a con- it's fine enough for you know most homebrew but it's not a precision instrument and uh right when we were brewing in tahoe with the uh, the the winner mm-hmm. uh, uh that i i was impressed with uh, how precise that thing was yeah a lot of the um um when you engineer a complete system, you got you got to not only use an accurate sensor, but you need to use an accurate meter. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the refrigeration controls like uh, Johnson, Ranco, and the Love controls, they're really designed for low cost. Um, they'll use a thermistor, which mm-hmm. uh, they're a short temperature range, but they're actually quite, uh, they've got a very high gain. So they can be very, very accurate. But their main feature is they're very low cost. And they so match them up with a very low cost electronic system, usually 8 bit. Uh, analog to digital converter so you really can't get all the accuracy that the sensor will produce mm-hmm. um, the, the other thing with the thermistors are very very nonlinear um, so when we went out to make our selections on the sensor and the controller uh, we went with a RTD they're very linear very stable there's no drift uh, mm-hmm. thermocouples you can get uh, uh, thermal drift over a period of an hour when they're just starting to warm up. Um, and then we also went with a higher quality metering system that had uh, at least a 12-bit analog-to-digital converter so you can actually get the accuracy that the, the instrument is capable of, of mm-hmm. producing. They'll all read to a tenth of a degree, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's accurate in what it's given you. Now, now how does how does the tower power change your brew day? How, how is it... Uh you know, I buy Tower Power, I hook it up to, uh, you know, my equipment, and how, how does that change my brew day? One of the big things it's going to give you is the consistency and the repeatability. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not going to be distracted through your brew day of trying to add heat and stirring and worrying about that temperature. You can focus on, you know, the finer aspects of brewing to really bring out the most in your beer. So Drinking. Let, let the <laughs> instrument do the... Uh, the mundane maintaining a temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I really like about it, in addition to that, is um, you can. We've got a free download for the control software, and then there's just a, a cable uh, that we sell for I don't know, 25 bucks or something like that that converts the instrument protocol to a USB. You can plug it in your uh, laptop, and you can program it with an unlimited amount of ramp soak. Mm-hmm. mash profiles nice. and um, you just put it in automatic mode the burner's got plenty of capability to ramp at the rates you need and mm-hmm. so when I'm actually mashing I'm cleaning fermenters uh, getting kegs ready for uh, when the beer's done well uh, it's either maintaining temperature or ramping right. temperature yeah. Uh-huh. yeah drinking beer yelling at the kids yeah. all that stuff you know that, grilling, that we do. grilling brats on the uh, the uh, Blickman grill yeah. oh yeah Taking a nap. <laughs> the grillinator. The grillinator, yeah. yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, that's one of the things I've always uh, been a proponent of. Uh, I've said, you know, automating parts of the process helps you with your repeatability. And repeatability and consistency helps you dial in your recipes, dial in your process. If you have parts of your process that are wildly going one way or another, Every time you brew your beer, then you don't know if the changes that you're doing to try and improve things are because something happened randomly that, you know, you weren't expecting or your change made sense. And, you know, all those parts of the mash and that process, um, you know, by having it more consistent, uh, you know, by, or by automating it, um, you take some of the human element out of it. I mean, you're still deciding all these things. You're still mm-hmm. watching it, but... You know, if you were tired from, you know, pro night last night, <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be okay. You know, you, everything still goes the same. You know, you're not lazy in watching things. And, and that's one of the biggest things that I found um, on automation. So I really, uh, I think it has a, a great value. I really like brewing with it because, you know, especially when you're starting out the brew day, 
you can set the temperatures, you know, get your strike water temp going in the mash tun, heat up your HLT, just turn them on, let them go. As you say, cleaning fermenters, doing other things. Water's heating up, and when it gets to temperature, it holds there, you know. Right. So I can do whatever I need to do, and then when I'm ready, uh, just walk over and start mashing because everything's where I need it to be. I, I didn't have to watch it. Right. I mean, how many people have overheated their sparge water? Right. Yeah. yeah. Then you're running, getting ice, or wait for it to cool off. Yeah. Every so single time. You know, you could argue that it's a little overkill to uh, have that level of control on your hot liquor tank, but it sure is nice to just hit it and not have to pay attention to it, and you can right. focus on other things. Well, and you know, for me, it's it's all about you know being able to repeat my process so I can change other things and not have to worry that oh the mash was a little bit off. So how do I know that my attenuation? changes from that or from you know the different yeast i'm using or the you know the starter i made or you know the temperature control or you know whatever other changes i've been trying to make in my process mm-hmm. so yeah it can be real frustrating john i have a, a request for a future feature of the tower of power all right i just saw one of our other great sponsors uh brad smith the mm-hmm. you know makes the beer smith yep. software which is awesome software and you're saying that you can kind of plug in your tower of power to your computer i'd love to see a way for the Tower of Power to work directly with brewing software. Because so, I'm writing all that stuff out anyway, right? I'm punching in my mash schedule once. Uh, so uh, maybe not to have to do it again. If it could interact with brewing software automatically, I open up my brew sheet, and when I'm ready to go, uh, the Tower of Power is somehow able to read from my brewing software. Well, I will have to pop on over and talk to Mr. Smith See about that. See if we can do that. Mm-hmm. That and if it comes with hot chicks to add hops. Those are my two requests uh, <laughs> through, for the Tower of Power, please. That's coming this fall. Okay, good. Thank you. So All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll we'll, we'll wrap up with Mr. Blickman, and then we've got uh, uh, Chris White, Whitey from uh, White Labs, come by to talk about the yeast they captured from John Mayer's uh, or John Meyer's beard at Rogue. So uh, don't go anywhere. It's going to be fun right after this. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand. Most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand. The only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. Seven short minutes off California State Route 101, there lies a secret oasis for all craft beer lovers. It's Relax Grilling and Chilling, bro! Relax Grilling and Chilling in Hollister, California is a craft beer lover's dream come true. Not like a creepy JP dream, like a normal craft beer lover's dream. (laughs) 
30 taps pouring your favorite craft beer. Visit Relax Grilling and Chilling on Facebook to see the most up-to-date beers and what's on the grill. And let us grill so you can chill. Angus burgers, filet mignon, and ribeye steaks, dogs and sandwiches, and more. Great food, great beer in a place where you can kick back and relax. Tuesdays are brewery nights. Come in to celebrate, and you're not limited to enjoying your favorite brew at the restaurant. Relax Grillin' and Chillin' has beer to go. Relax Grillin' and Chillin'. Let them grill so you can chill. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're sitting here uh, live with John Blickman uh, at the NHC 2012. We we're talking about the Tower of Power. So, uh, explain to me real quick how um, this Tower of Power. If I if I've got a top tier system. One of the things I like about it is um, modularity. Now, this will plug right into any top-tier It'll not only system. plug into any top-tier system, but it'll plug into virtually any uh, burner uh, system that's out there. So if you've got, oh, yeah. you know, like a Brutus 10-like system or you're just brewing on milk crates or whatever, it'll, it'll mm-hmm. plug in there. And that's something that we wanted to offer, something that's modular. And you can control your mash tun, you can control uh, your hot liquor tank or both. And if you've already got your plumbing system and you're happy with it, uh, it'll just marry right up and work with that system. If you want to uh, integrate it with uh, our tower, mm-hmm. uh, and it's got a, some pretty neat features, uh, you can add that to it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do it all at once. You can do it, just do it by uh, uh, chunks at a time that you can sneak by the wife wow. or the <laughs> husband. <Yeah. laughs> So, you know, one of those features that I really like in it, and I think uh, uh, John has picked up on, too, is the uh, the flow meter. There's not a lot, any systems out there that I've uh, uh, really seen that are in production that have a flow meter. Mm-hmm. And as far as that consistency goes, um, knowing what your recirculation rate, I think, is important. Mostly right. because you'll know based on your system how fast you can recirculate without sticking your mash. Mm-hmm. And that will allow you to really set dial that in. So it's a, uh, a flow meter that actually, it's a, a visual flow meter. You can actually see your word clarify, too, as you're uh, recirculating. And you can set your flow rate. And we also have a, uh, a low flow alarm. So mm-hmm. say your recirculation rate's a gallon and a half a minute. Uh, you could set your alarm point at a gallon a minute. So if you're doing other things and all of a sudden your mass starts sticking for some reason, 
uh, it'll set an alarm off and let you know that something's going awry with your, your mash, and you can get in there and correct that before nice. you got a stuck mash. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it, it, it's just amazing that the stuff you guys have come up with and what, what you thought of to integrate into this thing. I was really blown away when I saw it in Tahoe. Yeah, I use that as an excuse to sit at my computer in the evenings while my wife's <laughs> taking care of the kids. I, I'm just working, dear. I've Great got this search. important thing to work on. Well, <laughs> on the Internet. I'm working on the Internet. Yeah. And pro brewers kind of make fun of us now in the sense that they're like, you guys aren't even homebrewing anymore. That's as a professional setup as I have in my brewery uh, in, in the right. pro setup. They, they kind of say, when I, when I was a home brewer, you know, we didn't have any of this stuff. So it is pretty high tech, man. Well, and I... I you know, it just depends on what, what you consider to get out of the hobby and what, what yeah. you really want to learn and, and what you want to do. And the fact that it integrates into any existing uh, equipment there yeah. uh, can control just about any burner, um, that's, that's spectacular because that uh, it means your investment isn't going to go anywhere. Right. Yep. yep. Great. Well done, John Blickman. Thanks. Thank nice. you, sir. And if all you folks, if you get a chance and you want to go over uh, Blickman uh, Engineers and the, the kitty corner over there and... Uh, uh, they've got the tower power there and the top tier and, and a bunch of really very brilliant guys uh, that can talk about it endlessly. You can't miss it. It's the booth that looks like the future. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really it's amazing got lots there. of steel and lots of stainless steel. It's a and, time machine. Um, We're all with, about ridiculous. And guys with pocket protectors. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you can win a, a top tier stand there. All the proceeds go to a local food bank here so stop on by uh five bucks a ticket or five for 20 bucks nice nice and uh, 100 of the proceeds go to a local food bank so cool so you can contribute and possibly get yourself a really slick that's uh, right top tier stand beautiful thanks john yeah right thank you sir thanks guys all right so next up we got uh, chris white one of the things that uh uh i had i had heard about was um this thing where they were saying that they had been working with Rogue, or somebody said Rogue was working with White Labs, or vice versa. I saw the news clip, and they had been working on trying to find a native yeast on their hop binds. That they had sent hops and sent hops and sent hops, and, and White Labs kept going through these trying to find yeast, couldn't come up with anything, and then just kind of as a on a whim, they cut a few strands of. Uh, John uh, Myers' uh, beard hair, a, a beard he has grown continuously and never cuts, and they took some strands out of that, sent that down to White Labs, and then apparently White Labs was able to find a yeast in there, and it was not the rogue Pac-Man yeast at all. This was a new yeast. Yeah, and so, so uh, all of a sudden, they've got this yeast. Is, is this true, Chris? I mean, a lot of people say, no, that's just a made-up story. That's internet lore. I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is true. Yeah, this really happened. Really? Oh. Uh, it really happened. Uh, and it, it went pretty much like that. Uh, Neva Parker and I were invited to Rogue um, last year uh-huh. to look at some of the things. Um, uh, John Mayer was, you know, it's, it's time to, uh, you know, he's thinking about, or they're thinking about what's going to be after John Mayer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been brewing there for so long. So... It was the idea wasn't to go look at his beard. It was to go look at the whole process and look at the brewery and see what other things they might sh- they might want to do to incorporate into their brewery. So we went to Newport, Oregon, and then we got talking about isolating yeast and, and a lot of the custom selections we do on yeast. 
And they said, well, let's get something native from Rogue. Let's get something from Newport. Again, it wasn't beard. It was, uh, it was. is there a native yeast here that we it could be a Newport strain? We said, uh-huh. there probably is. So we went back to San Diego, and they started plating around the brewery. And they had a few extra plates, so they said, well, let's just uh, swab and take some... Uh, you know, stra- uh, strands of hair from uh, John Mayer's beard just for fun. <laughs> right. Because these, these plates were left right, over. Right. And that's the plates that we got the uh, Saccharomyces cerveza from. <laughs> wow. Very cool. So, it, well, <laughs> and it, you know, but, but, I'll, but I'll tell you, if you'd gotten yeast from anything else at Newport, it would have been, oh, that's nice. Right. Yeah. yeah Salty okay. strain. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, maybe I'll try it. <laughs> but that you would get this from John himself yeah. is. Incredible! Yeah. It's like I can't imagine anyone that wouldn't <laughs> give this a try. Right? I've got to get my hands on some of this yeast. I've got to give this a try. Yeah. I think all you folks out there, if you know Rogue at all, if you know John, and then what a great guy he is, um, you're going to want to get your hands on this yeast. You're going to want to try it now. <laughs> unfortunately, I think it's not your yeast to sell. Is that correct? No, that's right. I mean, the whole thing is is really was confidential. So we do this work with a lot of people. So uh, when the story came out a couple of weeks ago, people started asking me about it, and, and they said, well, why didn't you tell me? You know, friends of mine, why didn't you tell me about this? This is really cool. <laughs> I said, well, you know, this, it's confidential. We don't tell any of the testing that we do and, and the selections that we do. And when I first saw the story, I thought, oh, cool, they, they wrote about it, but I didn't expect to see White Labs in the story. Mm-hmm. And so, oh. you know, in the second paragraph or so, they mentioned us, yeah. so now we can talk about it. But they, yes, they when we do these kind of work for, for breweries, uh, they own the strains. I mean, that's how we do the agreement. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So if they wanted us or they allowed us to, to sell it, we could, but we wouldn't just do that. You know, We did this isolation right. for them. They paid for it, right. so it's their strain. So you haven't uh, yet started to create a vial that's shaped like John Myers' head. <laughs> yeah, you're waiting well, for the Well, that's okay. creative. <laughs> what, we, what, what we need is a platinum strain. Yes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe a, a yeast man character with John Mayer's beard on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, could be, I can see that on the label. There it is. No, I, I think I think we uh, this this has to happen. What do you guys think out there? Would this be a yeast that you guys would would want to try? <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody's creeped out at all. No, it's pure it's pure <laughs> yeast. The the way that they 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 isolate the yeast, they go no. to single cells and you know grow it up. There's nothing else growing in there. <laughs> right. It's only pure yeast. Yeah. That, that jo- pure I'm, I'm looking at John right now, and I'm not so sure there's nothing else growing in there. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. I'm sure they had to do a lot of isolating. Yeah. But I don't think it looked that good when they, we did the isolation. <laughs> now, why, He's cleaned up his beard since then. Yeah. I, I do have a question about that, Whitey. Are you surprised to find a viable uh, brewing yeast in a, in a place like that? I, oh, yeah. I honestly mean that. Oh, yeah. That was the really shocking part of it because we find... We do this a lot, and we, we find some different yeast strains. And if you do find a yeast strain, even if it's a Saccharomyces, it's usually fairly phenolic because most yeast produce phenol compounds. So we expected to find something that would be more like a Belgian strain when we did find something or when we find things in these natural uh, isolations, uh, even for the wine industry too we do them, you find something that's phenolic. Mm-hmm. So you could use it for a Belgian-style strain. You could use it as maybe uh, maybe they could have made a beer and put added this yeast in just for a little flavor development. We didn't expect to find a yeast that ferments uh, uh, all the maltose sugars, is clean, is phenolic negative, wow. and that's what we found. And that's why it was so exciting. Now, did you brew a little test batch and give it a taste? Yeah, we brewed some small batches. And, and, and what's the character of the yeast? It's pretty clean. Um, it's uh, Quiet. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> humble. Yeah, it's very it's, humble. Yeah. <laughs> makes excellent beer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, Chris, what do you suppose the, the odds are that 
this yeast cell that you harvested came from a bottle of Sierra Nevada that John was drinking. <laughs> it's possible. Right. It could have come from something else he drank that night before. It could have come, uh, it could have hybridized with something else uh, in the brewery. Uh, now, it, if I was to come up with, uh, you know, some samples of pubic hair, <laughs> and you were able to isolate yeast, would anybody buy that? <laughs> That's something you'd brew with. No. Not a single soul. Wow. Right. Well, Even your friends are shaking their head. <laughs> all right. uh, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. I mean, it's just just a thought, <laughs> right? Just a thought. All heretic right. beer is safe. I think, everybody. I think I would have to grow a beard at that. Moment. You have to do a beard. Yeah. Oh, we can check out Beardy. I bet you he's got <laughs> he got a whole forest growing in there. <laughs> Animals and yeast. Yes, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, you'd probably have to like keep a spatula to stab anything that started crawling out of the plate there. So. Well, I mean, it's kind of similar to uh, thinking about these wine uh, isolations we do. You know, when we're, we're looking for yeast in vineyards, it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to what we did with John Mayer's beard. Yeah. You know, we go into the native environment, the vineyard, and we look for yeast, and sometimes we find some you great, phenolic, negative go, yeast strains. tromping around. Yeah. <laughs> it is, this has to be one of the most interesting stories in yeast that has ever come out, uh, is to find John Mayer, you know, John Meyer beard yeast. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be hard to repeat that one. Well, I do hope that, that you, they allow you to uh, produce right. this yeast. Come on, folks. Platinum strain. Can I hear? Can I hear it for the platinum strain from from John's beard yeast? Come on. Something that you could buy. I would. I would love to brew with that. I you know I would just be thrilled to, to give that a try. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you got anything else uh, on the new on the horizon? You got the tasting room open at uh, White Labs, and uh, we got the tasting room. We opened the tasting room uh, officially last Friday. Oh, but that's it's been what I wanted to talk about. Yes, I noticed in the uh, in the, uh, the 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 the, the uh, kit that or the bag that they give you, mm-hmm. you guys are now doing testing for homebrewers. Yep. Yeah, so this is something we've talked about for a long time because we do analysis for commercial breweries. We do some of our own analysis. We do Siebel analysis. And uh, so beers are always coming in for analysis, but wouldn't it be great if we could do some analysis on homebrew? Right. But it's always a question of price and how do you do it. And so we wanted something that would be in the stores. Mm -hmm. So we came up with a box idea that could sell in a store that's basically the delivery system for the beer back to White Labs. So this includes the shipping back to White Labs. And it includes the alcohol test. Mm-hmm. And then you can go, when you register this, before you send it back, you can add up all sorts of other tests. Right. So right. you can send a beer back in the same package for diacetyl, color, IBU, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, calories. Uh, there's a whole list of things to choose from. Plus, and then the alcohol is already included. Wow. Mm-hmm. And by doing the alcohol, this is also something winemakers can use and, and do uh, malic acid and SO2 and other things and alcohol. Mm-hmm. So we've tried to create something that could be... Both from you know selling both markets. So this is like your big QC day that you've been doing for a few right. years, but now it's uh, more yeah. accessible and available year round. Oh. Well, and, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, big QC day is around one hundred and fifty dollars, which is still a good price for uh, two tests that that uh, two beers that tests uh, almost everything mm-hmm. uh, a brewer wants to know about the beers. Um, We've been using that at Heretic. We've been having Y Labs test the beers, and uh, it's absolutely. Phenomenal uh, data on your beer, hmm. and you know, one hundred fifty dollars is is cheap for those tests, but it's still kind of expensive for a, a five gallon batch of beer. Yeah. Right? So we wanted to use that idea from BQC Day to come up with something different. So this is uh, it starts at thirty dollars, and then you can add those other tests, um, and again, including that shipping back to White Labs mm-hmm. and using that same kind of 
systems and stuff we developed for BQC Day, where it's all on our website, eastman.com, so you can see your results there. Mm -hmm. It's tracked through our lab using eastman.com, all by the barcode that you register in the beginning. So a lot of things we've done over the years with BQC Day is transformed into this little homebrew test kit. Well, I've always believed if if you really want to perfect what you're doing, if you really want to master the craft of brewing... You need data. You need to, you know, you need to be able to repeat things. You need to be able to understand, you know, the changes that you're doing, uh, right. you know, what, what effect they have. You need to, you know, see how, you know, how clean your process is. I and mean, we can send in beer and they can tell us that, nope, there's no bacteria in there. Right. No, there's no wild yeast in there. They can, you know, they can tell us exactly how many IBUs it right. is. All this data is really helpful when you're trying to, uh, you know, perfect your craft. I, I right. get a lot of people that are like, I don't really care what the cost is. I want to become the best brewer that I can be. And I think this is actually a, a, quite a, a great service. I'm really pleased to see that available in yeah. a, an easy-to-access way. Yeah. Um, you could add uh, microbi- You could add plating for purity so we can do wild yeast and bacteria. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. didn't call the kit that because people always say they want to know how much wild yeast and bacteria are in right. their beers, but we find when it comes down to it, people don't really want to test for it. Right? Well, so yeah, so like, oh, on. My, yeah. my beer is clean. I, I, got a perfect, I get people telling me this all the time. They go like, oh, no, I, it can't be souring from bacteria. My, right. I'm, I'm perfect. It's like, look, yeah. just send it in. Right. Then, then you'll, you know, you'll get some humility and you'll, you'll realize that maybe your process isn't perfect. And then everything else we calculate for a value is all an estimate. I mean, alcohol mm-hmm. is an estimate of your, uh, from your final gravity to your ending gravity, but not all of that carbohydrate goes to alcohol. So right. the real number is different. So mm-hmm. we can measure a real number by actually measuring the ethanol in the beer. Um, IBUs are calculation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're very off, especially if you get into the high IBU range. Oh, way off. So, yeah. um, and that's one thing a lot of commercial breweries do with us, do the IBU analysis. So they want to put it on their bottle and they want something that's accurate, right. not just an estimate off of uh, calculation. So, and the number sometimes surprises them. And there's yeah. brewers on both sides of that spectrum who would prefer to be able to keep saying it has 4,000 IBUs <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> than to know the actual number. Right. You know, right. so that's interesting. Now, we, I, I pulled a, a, a sample and sent it in. It came back 101 IBU. Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, 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 don't, uh, I don't subscribe to the theory, I mean, that 100 IBU is a ceiling. Uh, I think right. it's, uh, when I get really suspicious when something gets just said a lot, oh, 100 IBUs, you can't have more than 100 IBUs. Well, why? Right. I mean... I think it's possible to go higher than that. Yeah, absolutely. The yeast what, tends to pull a lot of it out, but... Yeah, it's different by different yeast strains, and it, it is hard to get over 100, mm-hmm. but it's also hard to measure over 100, so mm, we might right. just be having uh, problems of measuring IBUs, mm-hmm. and because uh, the methods are really built around 10 to 20 IBU beers, mm-hmm. and now we're trying to stretch these methods to 100 IBU beers. So if an analysis comes back at 95, and then you double hops again, and it's still 95, is it just a... Is it a factor of that measurement, uh-huh. or is it a factor of the solubility and other things about the actual hops in the beer? And I don't think yeah. this is this still needs to be determined. Jamil, was Good it point. Evil Cousin yes. that you sent in? Right. So Evil Cousin is officially a 101 <laughs> IBU first, first beer. First batch of Cousin, it was 101. Wow. Yeah. This one goes to 101. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It's, it's one more than 100. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, does that... Have you seen it often, Chris White, over 100 IBU beers? We've, uh, the highest we've measured is uh, around 150. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's uh, impressive. I'm a Keller beer, yeah. I'm a Keller, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, <laughs> but it, it, it tasted, yeah, exactly. It tasted about 1,000. Oh, it did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very All right. cool. Can uh, we give that one away? Is that a full box? 
Uh, is it a real not, test kit? Well, um, I think so. Yeah. I we think we should one. give yeah. it away. Kenzie's okay. telling you okay. Let's do it. Kenzie over there, he's new with White Labs this year. Yes. He's a good dude. You might have met him at uh, uh, the BN, uh, any of the BN events or at CBC. Uh, he was around there, but he's a new White Labs guy. He's a nice dude. Don't be afraid of him. And he just gave the okay to give away a free test kit. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how we should do it. Want to play Guess JP's number real quick? Guess JP. All right, have you picked a number, JP? Between 1 and, uh, just let's make it easy, between 1 and 10. Pick your number. All right, come up to the microphone if you want to try to win and, and tell us JP's number. Uh, any of you? We don't care. Go ahead. Eight. Eight. Was it eight, JP? It was not eight. Go ahead. Seven. Was it seven? It was not seven. Come on up if you want a free White Labs test kit. Three. Three. Was it three? It was not three. Five. Five. <laughs> I love this game. Go ahead. <laughs> Two. <laughs> You're such a liar, JP. Uh, one million forty-six. Uh, is that it? Uh, between one and ten. Come on up, Michigan State. Four. Four! Hey! There we go. Oh, I said those guys from Michigan State were very smart. So, uh, yeah, there you go. It just right. proves it. <laughs> Winner. Of, there you uh, go. Alcohol test kit. Thank you. Thanks, Chris right. White, and thanks yeah. for all the support, man. I know that we're going to be giving away some more White Lab stuff tonight from Club Night. If you come to the center booth where the Brewing Network and more beer will be, White Labs has given me some stuff to give away there. So come on by there, and we'll give I think you some I, more. that's news to Chris. I think it's like, what? Yeah, uh, I, I don't even go to Chris What are my people giving stuff? my stuff yeah. away? <laughs> Let's go to Do we do else. commercials? Mike White really runs the show over yes. there. Nobody yeah. knows that, but uh, he runs the show. A uh, very tight financial uh, ship he runs. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Very, yeah. He's a solid numbers yes. mind. Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much. I, I'm really excited about uh, you know the yeast, and uh, I think this testing is a, is a great cool. thing. So, uh, great stuff for homebrewers. And uh, so, let me know when the platinum strain of uh, beer hopefully yeast we'll, is we'll out. try to do that for 2013. Love it. I'll yeah. make sure to let we'll me try. Charles yeah. Beard. Cool. Thanks. Let's take a short <laughs> break, and when we come back, we'll be uh, talking with Brees about a couple new malt products they have. Stay tuned right after this. Hey, guys and girls. It's Justin here reminding you that for a limited time only, you can get all your adult needs satisfied and help out the BN by going to adamandeve.com. When you do it and you use coupon code JAMIL, J-A-M-I-L, you'll get to pick three free DVDs from genres such as amateur, Asian, big breast, big butts, chunky co-eds, fetish, you know, all the stuff that you're into that I don't even want to know about. But you can get it all there, plus toys and everything else at adamandeve.com by using coupon code Jamil. You'll get to pick three free DVDs, plus 50% off just about any item in the store, and free shipping, and an extra gift. So cool, we can't even talk about it. They won't let us tell you. You just got to order. You got to find out what the extra gift is. So go over to adamandeve.com right now. Use coupon code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L, and help out the BN while helping yourself. Also, if you just can't wait till you get home, you can shop on their mobile site. Just go to adamandeve.com and you'll find it on your mobile phone or mobile device. Do it now! By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. 
malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at hoptech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. <sighs> oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right, we're back. We're live here at NHC 2012. And and uh, Palmer and I had just kind of gone around and we'd seen some interesting new products that right. uh, we thought we'd bring up. And uh, that's, you know, Blickman and uh, uh, Chris White from Wine Labs. And I was at CBC in San Diego this year. And uh, one of the, the booths that came, I, I always go by the Brees booth and look at different malts. They had um, some beers brewed with uh, some new malts that they've come out with. And I thought, ah, oh, that's actually pretty fascinating. I mean, how often do you find new malts uh, that are created in the marketplace? So uh, I asked uh, David yes. uh, from Brees to come by and uh, tell us about, we've got the, the Black Prince and we've got the uh, Midnight Wheat and the uh, and a new Vienna. Yes, that's the gold pills. Uh, so the CBC beers that you tried, um, I went down to San Diego and brewed um, one at Pizza Port, and um, mm-hmm. we brewed another one over at Ballast Point at their mm-hmm. 
15 barrel system and um, these are basically bitterless black malts mm-hmm. so the midnight wheat obviously being wheat um, huskless um, so you don't get a lot of the acrid bitterness like you see um, coming off of uh, you know the just a typical black malt mm-hmm. um, so, so excellent for people that want to do the black IPA this is the the kind of malt that they, they uh, would use up here in the northwest we say CDA <laughs> Yeah, Cascadian Dark Ale, yeah, please. Or whatever it's called this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's 550L, and um, you use about 5% of the grist bill in an mm-hmm. IPA, and it will darken it up um, mm-hmm. without giving you a lot of those acrid uh, Without all flavors. the roasty notes. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I was able to brew a pizza port with this and with the Black Prince, um, which is a, a hullless barley. It's actually grown without a husk. Huh. Um, we mm-hmm. brought some down from Canada, and it's a little over 500L, and it's kind of the same theory where you get a lot of the color um, Without a lot of that uh, acrid bitterness, mm-hmm. you, you get off of uh, you know like a black patent type of uh-huh, malt. Uh-huh. Well, now I tasted both of those beers that you brewed, and um, they were similar but different. Explain to me the flavor differences, and I don't remember which one was which. The flavor differences you could expect between why somebody would go with the Black Prince and why somebody would go with the uh, Midnight Wheat. Um, well, when you taste them dry, um, which surprisingly they're edible compared to like black malt tastes like charcoal uh-huh. um, I think with the uh, the midnight wheat you get a little bit more of a sweetness to it um, and you get a slight toastiness out of the uh, off the barley off the black prince mm. so I mean they're both really good for that uh, sort of debittered uh, kind of thing you know for Black IPAs or Schwartz beers, or if you wanted or to Cascadian dark dark yeah, if you wanted to, uh, you know, darken up a saison or something of that right, nature right. Uh-huh. to get the color without the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have flavor. The first time I brewed with uh, the Midnight Wheat, which was named by uh, uh, my good friend Matt down at Schooner Exact here in Seattle, we did a ten barrel brew, um, and we used seven percent, and mm-hmm. um, it looked like motor oil. It was really dark, uh, wow. um, and it did have a little bit of roast character to it, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which as you're doing an IPA, it's very hard with the hops to overcome that. So right. I usually tell people, commercial and home brewers, that if you're going to do a black IPA and you've never done one, mm-hmm. um, you kind of have to not use your typical IPA recipe and just darken it up because it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You just about need to double your whirlpool and your dry hopping. Interesting. Okay. You need a lot of hops right. in there. Right to, to really make it stand out because if well, you don't get the hoppy flavor or, right. or aroma, it's just a bitter black beer. Even even crystal malt kind of has an impact on uh, the hop character yeah. as well. You have to tend you have tend to have to up your uh, your hops in that. Absolutely. Now now what about the Vienna? Um, this is something new that we challenged the malt house um, to to produce. Um, it's a two row. It's made with the Conrad variety, um, which is what we use to produce our uh, our pills and malt. So it's really bright barley coming out of the field. Um, really good looking product and um, low protein. So um, what we're able to do with this for a Vienna style is um, it's slightly under modified, so you get a, a little bit lower DP. Um, for conversion, but it's still plenty to use at 100% inclusion, mm-hmm. and um, um, you get maltiness, but not so much the sweetness you might get off of like a pale ale malt. Right. Um, and for CBC, I uh, um, Carl Strauss Brewing um, did a Oktoberfest style for me to try all this malt, and um, they were blown away by how much better it was than our regular Vienna. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Vienna malt's not overly exciting to begin with. Nobody's going to be filling their silos with it, but um, for those fall, um, you know, uh, German-style yeah. beers, um, it's a really nice malt. And it's the beer got turned delicious out really flavor. Oh, it tastes yeah. so That's good. Yeah. I would and use that in a second. Great. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really happy with how the, how the malt house set. Uh, 
uh, churn this out for us. Well, like like uh, he's saying, you could you could do a beer with a hundred percent that really? malt. It'll it'll convert. It's wonderful. You should go yeah. to the booth if you haven't tasted this malt. Go to the booth and try it. Uh, it it's a really unique flavor that it has. Yeah, yeah. yeah Very we, warm. we just bagged it up, um, uh, and we got uh, samples out to the distributor. So it won't be in any homebrew shops yet. Okay. Um, but it's ready to ship in Chilton, and um, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. We got a small campaign for it because I think, especially coming up this fall, I mean, a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. yeah, that is that is a great, great, you know, rich malty, but. Uh, you know, also very clean kind of uh, malt character. John's hungry now. Yeah, that <laughs> definitely. It's, that's a spoon, really you would good. need a spoon and a little bit of milk. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a three and a half color. Um, I, th- I think the DP is somewhere around ninety. So you know, compared to a base malt um, being up around one forty, mm-hmm. um, it's less. But you know, as long as you pay attention and you're not a complete rookie, you know, you'll get conversion with that, no problem. And you guys have been doing a lot of. Uh, uh, new malts uh, recently, the cherry wood smoked malt, and uh, a lot of new stuff. Yeah, well, yeah all of a sudden, I, th- I think it the, seems the like cherry it's all wood of a sudden. malt is almost uh, gone over at the booth. Everybody's been coming by and munching yeah. on because it's right. so good. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think um, when you look at the craft brewing segment and knowing that uh, um, everybody, uh, the hot uh, brands for brewers to put out on the market. It's um, uh, seasonal beers and mix packs. So everybody's looking for the new right. uh, flavor of the month. And so as brewers, myself included, um, you're always looking for a new uh, color or flavor to p- paint with. Mm-hmm. Even though we have a roster of 60 different malts, right. we're challenging the malt house to come up with some new things. And Dave Kuski, as you know, yeah. he does a great job up there with his crew. And um, um, I just think it, 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 it's fun for them, no different than a commercial brewery uh, who's always just churning out the same uh, mainline product to get to do um, you know, seasonal beers and whatnot. Excellent. Well, I think the winners are, uh, you know, the home brewers and the craft brewers and the the beer drinkers. So, uh, cheers to you. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much for cheers. joining us. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much, David. Thanks for for making that and bringing it out here. It's really good stuff. Indeed. Thanks for having me along. Cool. Another great show from uh, the uh, Fantastic Brewing Network. It's and, been fun. Uh, yeah, we're going to uh, do some shows live from Club Night tonight. We're going to do a little Brewers Feud. So if you want to come out and win some prizes, right. get your club together and play uh, Brewers fe- uh, Feud. And I wanted to give a shout-out. I think they're still there. The Works of Wisdom have been pouring some of the beer we've been drinking tonight nice, in the hospitality nice. suite. Excellent. And JP got me a couple sour beers that were wonderful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good job, Works He said it was number wisdom. one on the board there. He did. He told me it was number one right. with his middle finger. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Oh, I, awesome. I, I just... Yeah. Oh, it's 11. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, it was excellent. And, and if you enjoy uh, listening to the shows, make sure to check out our sponsors, uh, you know, uh, and check out our uh, uh, fine store in the uh, brewnetwork.com. Uh, check that out. Uh, books, shirts, glassware, all that stuff. You buy that stuff, it goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. really helps uh, support uh, the programming. Yes. And... Uh, as does uh, you know, supporting our sponsors uh, like Adam and Eve and uh, Blickman, and uh, you know, so check all those out. Uh, sign up for a brew your own uh, subscription. Yep, I write for them every month. Uh, do a style profile column. Uh, when you sign up for brew, brew your own from the Brewing Network, half that money goes to the Brewing Network. Half, half. I it's bought lunch for thing. JP off of one of your subscriptions. Right. I guarantee you get a great <laughs> magazine, well worth it. And if you're going to renew your subscription, you can go do it through there as well. And uh, really, really does a great thing for uh, for the Brew Network. And uh, I think you get a lot of great information. Uh, John writes for that uh, every so often, and 
Yep. Fantastic yep. publication. Anyways, uh, all in all, a very successful conference. It's I been fun. Uh, we got one more day, too. All, so. that's, all that's left is uh, to drink hard tonight and uh, vomit and then get up in the morning and do it again. <laughs> and then the, the drive home, the drive of shame. Till then, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody.